I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. All right, we are back uh, discussing the Lord's Prayer. And last time, uh, as you might expect, we got through about two sentences or two phrases. (laughs) We talked about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we sat a lot on this idea of calling God father of there. There's an intimacy here uh, that we can't ignore. Um, that is a beautiful gift. Um, but there's also this reverence. This is a father in the heavens. This is a father who we're saying your name, your very being is, is holy and hallowed and set apart. And we talked a lot about different ways of thinking about that. Um, but that there's this, this great mystery and beauty and tension uh, in that phrase. And it, it can be a great reminder as we start our prayers that this is who we're talking to. And uh, there's so much more to say about the Lord's Prayer. So it, I expect we'll be here for a while. Um, but let's uh, dive in again. Ryan, do you want to pray uh, or to read, however you want to call it, <laughs> uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew yep. 6? So in Matthew 6, 9, um, Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Thanks. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven makes for two dense requests. First, it's important to note that Jesus is focused still on God in this prayer. Three out of the six requests are directly about God, and Jesus puts those requests first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How many of us start our prayers anxious and just start blurting out all our needs before we take time to remember the God of the universe to whom we speak, of whom nothing is too small and nothing is too difficult? How do you relate to that dynamic, and how do you find that Jesus' focus in prayer changes your heart and mind? I think it's I think it's really important. I think it's very easy, particularly when there's something really heavy pressing on me. I'm concerned about something, whatever it is, some some sin of my own or some situation that I'm going to pray about. When and I'm I'm admit to my shame that a lot of times I do start my prayers this way. Mm. Oh. Heavenly Father, I come to you asking you to help me with this situation. And I start blurting out about the situation. That can sometimes, for me, produce more anxiety. Yeah, It makes me feel worse. Somehow at the end of that prayer, I I know that if I get to the end of the prayer and I feel worse (laughs) than I felt when I started it, or I feel the same, that something didn't happen. And I think that oftentimes what doesn't happen is this 
pausing to acknowledge what's going on here mm. and with whom I am communicating and the, the wonder of being able to communicate with him. Yeah. And if I don't pause and do that first, the, the, the ensuing stuff um, sometimes doesn't feel like prayer to me. It'll, it'll, and it can end up for me just trailing off into stream of consciousness anxiety, <laughs> yeah, which is my natural. Can relate state. to that. <laughs> it's that's that's how that's how my mind works. And if I trail off into just being what's in my mind, then somewhere along the way I lost track. It's not praying anymore. <laughs> and I think that this, the the focusing in on God, helps to avoid that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, so there's a a line in John 12 where Jesus is he's talking he's about to go to the cross and he says uh now my soul is troubled in which I say father save me from this hour no it's for this very reason I came to this hour father glorify your name and Jesus demonstrates this very often um his whole life that he he exists to glorify God his he exists to um to be in relationship with him, to bring him, uh, bring him praise. And that that's the posture he brings into his prayer life. You know, it's not asking, you know, God's not like a genie that exists mm-hmm. for his, his benefit, but, um, Jesus is, is modeling for us that, you know, we exist to worship God and that God's purposes and desires are our purposes and desires. Uh, so when we pray like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's, that's what it, it does for me. Just like you were saying, Van, you know, in, instead of coming to God in my anxiety or with my own desires and requests, be like, well, those are all, those are still here. Um, you know, I still am feeling those things in this moment, but I am recentering on, what my ultimate purpose is, which is to be in submission uh, to God and who he is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's a, uh, yes, it's faith building instead of faith sapping. When we're focused on ourselves, our own, Jesus isn't saying my will, he's saying your will be done. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know how many times I've started a prayer with my kingdom, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting about this prayer? It doesn't even say I or my once. Mm. Right. Like that is wow. it all the That's time. so rough, right? I mean, it literally doesn't say <laughs> I, and all my prayers are, right. you know, very self-focused. Uh, and so just to, like, you, you guys know I love to go back to the Old Testament, but when I think about this prayer, if you break it down, like, and simplify it as much as you possibly can into, like, part one, part two, it starts with God, and then it's about us. That's the Shema. Mm -hmm. Like the most sacred prayer in Judaism is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You know, like that that first thing and then love God. Love God first and love others second. Yeah. Yeah. You start with God. And then through that, you flows the love for everyone else. When I get to this part, if I'm ever praying this prayer and I'm like just blowing through, this stops me yeah. like, mm-hmm. right yeah. away, dead in my tracks. Whoa, whoa, stop now. I got to 
get my heart right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it is difficult. Well, what does Jesus mean by your kingdom come? This is, uh, this is something that he prays for here. What do you think that means? I think it gets right into the gospel message. Mm. I mean, how many times did Jesus say the word kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, depending on which gospel account you're reading? Yeah. I mean, that is like central to the gospel message and the, the idea of the good news, euangelion in Greek. I mean, that is like a proclamation of a new king. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that's, exactly. that's central point of the kingship of Jesus as taking dominion over the world and taking it from the powers and principalities is like, when I learn more about the gospel message and the good news, I, I just continually become more convinced that it's about kingship mm-hmm. yeah. um, of Jesus and like the, the idea of Jesus is Lord, our good confession. I mean, Jesus is the king and he's bringing a new kingdom now and eventually bringing the, the kingdom here back to earth, yeah. recreating the heavens and the earth and the new garden as yeah. as our final resting place after after the whole thing is over and that's I just, exciting. I love, yeah, I yeah. love that. It's so comforting and mm-hmm. like it's it's easy to get distracted when you're in the moment thinking about the kingdom, but with all the mess of the world right now. But like it's almost like a a practice round of learning how to operate now in the king kingdom life so for it, our final final place. So it's it's like he's praying for God's kingdom to come. Uh, in the sense that he wants the kingdom to spread over the face of the earth and maybe even hasten the day when he'll return. And Yeah, I mean, he's taking it back, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a new king's in town. Like it's time to, to win it with love rather than like the domination of all the empires. I mean, it's kind of the same idea, but you're just flipping it on its head and the, the method of actually bringing that kingdom to the earth is way different than people expect. (laughs) Jesus had a mission when he came and then he has us join him in that mission when he leaves, right? Now the great commission, now go out and do this, you know, just as the father sent me, I'm sending you. Yeah. This is one one of the things we should be praying about all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're taking it back and like the expectations for the Messiah to be this, like this ruler that was just going to overthrow Rome and was just going to come and you know bring war basically and his war is through love and self-sacrifice it's just Mm. it's flipped upside down yeah i love that i think it's a like really succinct summary of like what what jesus is talking about and um one of the things i think is threading through a couple of these verses that we've been mentioning you know we're praying for god's name to be holy and in the back of our minds, we should be remembering, you know, the phrase, be holy because I am holy, mm. right? And we're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's, we remember that, you know, Jesus says like the, the kingdom of God is like within us or among us, that there's there's a, a very real sense in which, in which the, the world will be more under the control of God is through us submitting ourselves to his will. Mm. Um, And so 
to when I when I pray this prayer, um, many of these reminders about you know I'm praying to God for His glory and His will. It's also like a you know that's not necessarily something that's just like really far out there in the future or somewhere mm. on a different continent. That's like right here in my day, in my life, mm-hmm. you know, I'm praying for the things that I don't have control over, but I'm also praying to submit my control to that will. Mm. Right. That's, that's a good, uh, that, I mean, that's actually a question I want to ask about and, and pull on, on that thread of will that you're, you're describing here, because I think God, God has an overall will that can't be broken. We see in Job at the end of that, he's like, no, no plan of yours can be thwarted. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, we know that Satan couldn't just go torment him. He had to ask God for permission. And, and it's kind of the same idea with Peter, right? When Jesus tells him Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, God is in ultimate control. So he has this ultimate will, right, that can't be broken. But then Jesus is, is praying about um, God's will here. Uh, and that it would be done, mm-hmm. right? So he's got this ultimate will that will be done, but then what do you think he means by this? I think you're getting at this, right? Yeah. Like the the will that he makes commands, right? And we can we have free will, so we can choose to ignore him. But uh, I think there's a wonderful qualifier here. It says, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us about this? Well, I, I think that, when you think about God's will in heaven, God's will is done perfectly mm. in heaven. There is no competing will there. Yeah, there's no influence of Satan in God's kingdom. <laughs> there's, no, there's no Satan and there's no us because we all have our own individual wills. And I think that when he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I, these statements to me are things that they're true about God and I should think about them as I enter into prayer. So there's that. There's also that there's something in these statements that I need to implement, hmm. that I need to realize when I say your kingdom come, what I need to also say to myself is I want God's kingdom here now. I want God's kingship in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm acknowledging by saying that statement, God is my king. And with all the implica- implications of what a king is, mm. his will is what I do. Yeah. Because he is the king. And with all the implications about the kind of king that God is, a king that was willing to die for me. And it's all, there's so many layers to it that you can spend a lot of time just praying this mm. and and thinking about, and what happens to me when I get in this place, and I so often do not, but when I get in this place, the things that I'm anxious about, some of them just melt hmm. because they, they're, they're not that big a deal when I think about the fact of God as my king, yeah. of his will being sovereign in my life, and of there being no real choice. I need to do his will. Yeah. there's. It reminds me of the Great Commission again, where you've got this piece where it's evangelism. You're going out, 
and you're um, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then he's also saying, teach them to obey. So mm-hmm. there's like these two where you're you're spreading the good news and people are coming into the family and they're obeying, but then they're you're teaching them to obey. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's that turning over of your will to his will as your king mm-hmm. that... The other thing I think, though, is um, with at, on earth as it is in heaven makes me think of the angels in like mm-hmm. joyous assembly proclaiming the good news, you know, to shepherds and and uh, how they they obey him, like where the, they're in a place where there is no sin and they're full mm-hmm. of joy to like this is the most important. Yes. We're, we get to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need to have that heart a lot right. more. Than right. I do. Yeah. 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 I think we'll, we'll get into this more like just with the next few sentences, but the idea of like testing and temptation, mm. um, like God isn't tempted in heaven. Like the, the heavenly hosts aren't being tempted by Satan up there. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, they are, in a different situation in the heavenly realm than we are here on earth. And like, the, I think the on earth part matters a lot mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. just like, it's a reality. I mean, we have to deal with the physical mm-hmm. um, and like the flesh is weak. I mean, we have different, we have actual real temptation in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the physical has to do with it. Well, speaking of this, the physical, I think that's a good segue into verse 11. After praying for God's will to be done, he shifts to praying for our needs. We're human. We have practical needs. Uh, can we focus a little, I guess, on what Jesus is and is not praying, though, when he prays, give us this day our daily bread? How does this language influence our view of what our quote-unquote needs are, especially with respect to our our current society of where we are in the United States, convenience, abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess during COVID we got to taste a little bit of, oh, this didn't come when I wanted it, <laughs> like the very next day. Uh, but, you know, that aside, what would someone in Jesus's day think when they heard daily bread? Uh, you can go to the next chunk of Matthew 6 because he's talking about not worrying. Mm-hmm. And that God's going to take care of you. And the things he assumes people are worrying about are, am I going to have enough to eat? Mm. Am I going to have clothes on my back? Mm -hmm. That kind of tells you a lot about the standard. I mean, especially the clothing for me. I mean, clothes are just so, they're so cheap. Maybe we just throw away clothes. So if you can pretty much always get some sort of clothing Mm -hmm. here, like even if you only have a couple bucks. Um, But that's the... That's the level of simplicity mm. that uh, Jesus is saying God's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. He's going to provide you what you need, but those needs are very different from you know our our wants. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think when I when I read this, and because it's such a familiar passage, it's one you can read over and not really read. When I read, "Give us this day our daily bread," what I read when I'm reading over it is. is Give me bread, (laughs) (laughs) meaning take care of me. Give me what I want. Give me what I think I need. Give me, I need security. I need to know that I'm going to be okay when I retire. I need to know that um, 
that I'm going to get this house. I need to know that I'm going to, I need to know that this is going to happen. Can you just make that happen for me now? Mm. That's what I read when I read over it. But when I actually look at it, it's very emphatic. Today, give us what we need today. Yeah. And when you think about it, that's really, that's really all that we've got. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to live long enough to retire. But I'm here right now, and I have certain things that God can give me right now that I need to make it right now. Yeah. And that's what I'm asking God for. I'm not asking him for security or or wealth mm. or future prosperity or a sense that everything's going to be okay in the next week, month, year, decade. I'm saying, God, sustain me right now, right here where I am, which is a which is a very uh, simple prayer, but also a deeply uh, faithful thing to say. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not praying for bigger barns, right? Right. Yeah. We're praying for today. Give me what I need today. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we break it down. The way I view this this little section here is, I think we have the modern view, uh-huh. which is like daily needs, because bread isn't something that we're like obsessed about right mm-hmm. now. And then we have like the ancient Jewish view of it that we have at the time Jesus is saying this prayer. And then I I think the best way to explain this is through God providing manna in the wilderness. Uh, mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think that I think right. he's yep. getting at it. I I just that was what I was thinking of too. Yeah, at, like yeah. I go back to uh, Matthew four when Jesus is being tempted by yep. Satan in the in the wilderness again, wilderness and mm-hmm. forty days and nights, yep. like yeah. theme there. Um, and uh, the tempter approached and said to him, "If you are the Son of God, order that these stones become bread." But he answered and said, "It is written, man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harkening back to Deuteronomy and mm-hmm. and that that phrase, I mean, he's he's quoting it, um, and in that section, it's talking about how Israel was provided by manna. I mean, yeah, they yeah, totally. had to live off the manna. Like there was no, oh well, I do I want to go to Panera or can I go to Chipotle? What do I want today? Do I want pizza? Am I gonna get groceries? You know, right. like they had to eat manna so much so that they got upset about it, but. And they like, couldn't. And they, they couldn't had to. store it. They were yeah, totally reliant. Yeah. It was only good. It was for only that day. good for that day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they were completely reliant on God for all their sustenance. Yeah, yeah, for their livelihood. And I think the heart of that is what we're supposed to have. But it's just so hard to have that now. Yeah, I know. I I, I was really, thinking of that too. Yeah. The that he in chapter four he's talking about he's uh, man does not live on bread alone. In John six he calls himself the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know that our reliance. So there's a there's an aspect to this that yes there is a there's a spiritual food that we need mm-hmm. that only Jesus can give us and we can pray for that. We can also pray for our I I do think there's an aspect to this where we pray for our physical needs too mm-hmm. because we're not going to be able to to glorify God very much if we're starving and and God does want to provide for us uh and meet our basic needs I think. Uh I mean, but I don't think that a lot of, I love the manna uh, 
that mm-hmm. it's, I just so, think it, it's perfect. It's, I wasn't really thinking about it when I thought about the Lord's Prayer originally, but the mm-hmm. more I dove in, the more I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this yeah. is like, it's manna. Like that's our heart. Yeah, our heart is the the desperation for the food of God. Yep, mm-hmm. in spirit and in physical needs. And yeah, without that, I it's really easy to get off track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And when Jesus compares himself to that manna, <laughs> yep. So yeah. it all kind of comes full circle, right? And I, I think it's weird for maybe listeners today who their bread has a lot of preservatives in it, you know, like it could yeah. just sit out there for a while. I remember buying some uh, uh, really fresh, organic, just baked bread. And I was like, ooh, this is the best bread I've ever had. And I left it out. And then the next day I'm like, oh, this is the worst bread. I can't even look at it. This, Yeah. yeah I, I do think it's important. Like we kind of jumped over this with the first line, but... He says, um, give us our daily bread, mm. right? Us. Yep. And our Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so you, was, yeah. you said, Ryan, there's, there's, no, like, there's there. no eyes, but there are mm. hours. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of hours. And there's that helps a lot to regulate mm-hmm. the selfishness mm-hmm. um, and to remember, to remember my brother, who maybe I'm being provided for here in this moment, but someone is not, someone else is mm-hmm. not. And so I love that if I'm praying this, right, then I am called to also be a vessel to help, you know, meet that need. Um, so that, that feels very important uh, as we're reading through this to remember how communal this prayer is. This is community. I love that. Yes. Yeah, I, there are many times where I've, I've just paused as I'm praying this prayer and thought, give us this day. Oh, am I, I'm praying for, all of my brothers and sisters right now and oh let me think about what's going on in their lives yeah. and pray for them you know like or oh what could i do to help them maybe i'm being called to do that right yeah. yep. that's a great great point tim oh my gosh i can't believe it's we okay it's we made really it through one more <laughs> little piece all right we're gonna have to come back it just to this. shows you how loaded this this prayer is it i really mean it's is. like we talk about the greatest of all time yeah yeah, Crazy. this is awesome. Cool. To be continued. Yeah. To be continued. Thanks. That is such a good point, Tim. Yeah, it really is. Like you're praying for other people as you're praying it, but you might not have even gone in thinking that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap, I should well, really think about. When I am reciting this, sometimes I just say Father in heaven. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, our <laughs> That's not what he says. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. Like you're like, it makes me think I'm like, oh, yeah, I should be praying about people and like, mm-hmm. like other countries or people that are really struggling, not just like my neighbors or the people I know in yeah. my real life. And it's like, wow. Well, it, it, it sort oh, of, it sort of addresses that age old thing. Do I act or do I pray? Hmm. This prayer is like, yes. Both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. As you pray it, you're realizing how you need to act. It, isn't it wonderful how it kind of just moves your heart? Mm-hmm. Jesus is genius. All yeah. right. I mean, he boils it down like to, to get that much meaning out of just such a short prayer is like, Wow.